Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hi, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato here at The Condo Expert, which is sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing and powered by the Hayes FM here in Mississauga. Now, you know, we've touched so many different issues regarding condominiums, and it's so widespread because it's not just about condo board of directors and governance and the Condo Act and the Condo Act Review and the Toronto and the Mississauga Municipal Review. But it's also about different things that are happening around our cities. Did you know, I want to draw your attention to a website called SaveRestaurantRow.com. Now, an issue that's very, very dear to my heart. And as you know, as the founder of the Condo Owners Association, we've actually embraced a number of different volunteer associations and charities and and. There's an amazing amount of people that really are stepping forward because they are concerned. So I'm going to draw your attention to a very important gentleman. His name is Al Carbone, and he is the owner-operator of Kit Kat Restaurants. Now, why are we talking about Kit Kat Restaurants and, and owners involved in that world? Well, simply, not only do they service the community, with fabulous food and entertainment and, and give us a beautiful, relaxing time of our life so that we're not working 247 because we need restaurants. And Al is very unique because he, as the owner of Kit Kat, he's stepped forward and he has taken it upon himself to spearhead condo development on historic area of Toronto. So he's in a battle. He's been in a tremendous battle over the last number of months and he's appeared on CTV and CBC and they've done fantastic videos. And today we have Al on the line because we're going to talk to him about his initiatives and exactly what's going on in the city right now and why it's so important for not only condo owners, but, you know, equally other restaurant owners, business owners, the general public. Even, you know, residents in condominiums because everybody's affected. So Al, I'd like to uh, welcome you to the condo expert. Thank you for having me, Linda. Oh, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're our missions are so similar and, and it's wonderful that we can interact with one another and, and sort of try to make a difference. I was looking at your uh, website. You've just done a, a fabulous overhaul. Thank you. We, we've been working on it and thank God we have a lot of volunteers to help us. And uh, we've been fighting this heritage issue on King Street. It's not just to save the restaurant and restaurant row, but the whole block is heritage, and they're going to do away with the heritage by keeping the facade. So how did you come up with the name Restaurant Row? Like, how did that all come There's about? There's 22 restaurants in a row, and a lot of cities in the North America have a restaurant row. Wow. So it's really, and it's right there in the Toronto Theatre District. It's for locals, for tourists, it's for everyone. 
And and I think from what I understand, I think it's been around how many years now? Like how many years have you been there at Kit Kat? I've been there for 25 years and some some of my other neighbors have been there for 30 years, which will uh, disappear shortly. That is sad. Soon. So with the disappearance, let's if you can just tell the audience a bit of what exactly is going to be happening there. Two-thirds of that row will be uh, demolished for condo towers, 47 stories. And there's two on the corner, so restaurant row will consist of uh, four large towers, 47 stories each approximately. So, and, you know... Uh, more condos coming. But the problem isn't with the, the condos, it's the problem is overdevelopment and the infrastructure cannot handle it. You've seen the storm uh, last week or a few days ago that uh, it's still 24 hours, 48 hours, the subways aren't working, the GO trains aren't working, and our sewer system can't handle the drainage. If uh, That doesn't happen all the time, but we're going to get blackouts and the hydro grid can't handle it all the time. They're doing uh, rotating uh, uh, shortages and blackouts just to make it fair for everyone. My brother John Linda has uh, had no power for 48 hours. Oh, I know, and it's still continuing. I, I heard this morning, because we get emails in just, you know, from all sorts of condo owners all over, you know, the gardener, actually, QEW gardener, is like a total gridlock. Yeah, every, like the transportation system, the TTC, starting from Liberty Village, if, if you're east or west of Liberty Village, you can't get, a, get on a streetcar, they're full. And then after, they'll use empty streetcars all day long instead of rerouting them or even taking them out of service. Well, you know, it's amazing because, uh, you you know, you and I have spoken about this. The whole infrastructure, you know, the city of Toronto, actually, even even as much as the city of Mississauga, I mean, it's not like they didn't aren't aware that they they need to take a look at their sewer systems. There's been discussions now for the last couple of years with respect to the sewer systems and and the infrastructure needs to be updated and upgraded. So it's not really anything new. I'm surprised that they had to let it be until this type of thing happened before they actually would wake up. But I don't really know if people are are identifying that there could be an impact as a result of the condominium buildings that are going up, like so many of them. There's uh, way too many people losing value on top of that. And it's... uh I, I don't. There, there should be a slowdown period, a reassessment period, where you can look at the infrastructure. With the storm teaching us a lesson, what what is wrong, what is needed, the filtration plant can't handle it. And there's old people that need oxygen. No one wants to get stuck without any hydro for a while, or stuck in an elevator that's 47 stories tall or 30 stories tall or even taller. Generators don't work for forever. Well, exactly. And, you know, and there's some people that you know they may be operating businesses and they they haven't even thought to put a generator into their uh, facility. I mean, you no. know, I, I mean that should be a given for everybody only because of safety reasons alone. Well, it looks like uh, homeowners should buy uh, generators now. It should be like a standard piece of the property or in the house equipment. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting statement because I know, like, you know, I have a property, a rural property, and it's a it's a given. I mean, when you're out in the rural, you can kick off your hydro is going to get kicked off at any given time. So you don't want all your food to be spoiled, your freezer and, you know, certain things, your sump pumps and so on that have to be working. Yeah, there's a lot of spin-up problems. Uh, like even, even uh, downtown with the gridlock, 
The fire department can't get through. The EMS can't get through. The police can't get through. It's like people and cars and traffic have nowhere to go when there's such a gridlock. So people, so what people need to do, and I'm going to use people today and not condo owners, just everybody, because we're talking about the general public here. And, you know, what they need to do is really open up their minds and think of the broad problem. Not just the fact that, oh, we had a flood and yes, it was so much water and, you know, it was unusual and it was more than what we expected. Because really, I mean, rainstorms like that should not be turning an entire city upside down or, or in fact, more than one city upside down. We should be prepared to some degree. Everyone should talk to their local councillor. Everyone should talk to their local MPP. And let it be known that we're in serious trouble for in case of disaster. This should be a learning experience for us. You know, very much. I mean, it, it's only the beginning of the uh, of the equation. Now, interesting enough, I mean, I was I was taken a, uh, yesterday. I was actually on the news. I was listening to it, and I had heard that Rob Ford had made a comment to ask two hundred condominiums to lighten up on their hydro usage. Now, doesn't that tell us something? It's that bad. Like this is going to happen on a regular basis. Is what I'm afraid of. It's not maybe the flood as much as the hydro. Okay, so now we're talking about corporate companies that can't function. And especially if you think about how much hydro is being used in that entire downtown core with the extensive amount of uh, buildings. Like, you know, in the entertainment district, you have a, f- a fair amount of more so condominiums than you do have uh, buildings. But if you take a look at the financial district. There's over 50... 50 projects in our area alone in the entertainment district. I know, just on condominiums alone. Just condos, new condos. I know. Like, it's you like... know, hopefully they get filled and there's lots of people in this. I hope they're building more office towers and creating new jobs and we, we need more new office space. But I, I don't know if that's working properly, if that's planned properly. So with with Restaurant Row, now I know that, uh, you know, you for a while there, you got an awful lot of media attention, and I know that it was in front of the OMB. Now, you know, just for the audience to know that COA totally supported it, and we actually were involved with it as well. And why is it, like, you know, you have a 25-page document of the OMB decision right on your website. Yes, people should look at that. Save Restaurant Row, and it's the OMB's decision which they didn't take heritage into account at all, our evidence. So my lawyer's written another letter to them and asking them to review this So before they give us a final decision. Hopefully they review it and someone else will, will uh, from the OMB will look at it properly. So do you think that the OMB actually paid much attention to where the infrastructure of sewer systems and, and the... Uh, electrical circuits and so on are coming from, like the power stations and whatnot. I wonder if they even pay attention to that when they overrule master plans and just go about endorsing more high-rise condominiums. I don't believe they have, because if they have, they would have made a different decision. Well, I actually went through. Not just on this project on Restaurant Row, but the other projects as well. Well, I took a look at your PDF and I scrolled through it, and I didn't see any comments in there as far as infrastructure for the neighborhood, and that kind of really surprised me because I think that that should have been one concern before they make an ultimate decision. I don't know if they come down and they check the site or check the streets or or look into what the infrastructure has to offer or how much damage there is created by it. 
It's it's amazing. Well, it certainly sounds like something that they should be paying attention to. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah. Well, so what do you think is the next step? The next step is we wait for the revised decision of the OMB, and hopefully they'll give us a satisfactory answer, or the best scenario would be to put that project on hold till they fix some infrastructure and save the heritage and look at the heritage and don't set a bad precedent for uh, there's very few heritage properties left in the city of Toronto. They're all being destroyed one after the other, and this sets a bad precedent. Oh, it definitely does, without a doubt. Well, yeah. I noticed the billboard, and one thing I was very surprised at, it made reference, that development, which, by the way, for listeners, is at 305 to 319 King Street West. That's the second development That's the second, right. And that one was for the 42-story building? Uh, uh, hotel office tower. Exactly. And, uh, and condos. That's right, yes. And it says, uh, on this particular one, it says, like on the poster, it said office, hotel, gallery, and restaurant use with 103 vehicle parking spots. That's where I was trying to get below grade. What on earth is 103 spots going to do? <laughs> uh, most, most of the properties, the buildings are building the condos. If it's like 400 units, there's only 80 parking spots for that building. And the rest are bicycle spots. So. Uh, so not everyone could ride a bike. Not everyone well, it sounds can like get it around almost, or walk to work. I think the builder is going to have to make a new uh, presentation center that gives everybody a moped with the purchase of their condo. Yeah, that would uh, be something. And I don't know how they're going to do that in Canadian winters. No. <laughs> how are you planning on getting around? Well, but we, we want tourists to come to the city, and this is going to stop growth. It's going to keep everyone trapped in the city because you find gridlock leaving, you find gridlock coming, and after a while, people are going to say, I'm not going to Toronto, I can't even get around. I can't find a parking spot, there's nothing to do there. All the restaurants are gone, all the theaters are going to disappear, and uh, they won't be able to afford to have any business. No one's coming to town. You know, not only that, people that are living in that downtown core, I mean, they bought for a specific reason. I mean, they spent well, the they, money they to like be to in the entertainment in district, not in a, uh, in condo, a district. condo community. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, look and see what's happening at Liberty Village, for example. It was a beautiful concept, a self-contained area. Now it's over-densified. And, you know, there's no bicycle paths. There's no place to park. The roads are narrow. The sidewalks are narrow. That could have been a beautiful project for the city. Leading close to the lake, bicycle paths, and uh, it's not working now. People are getting, I, I'm afraid to see some of these areas become like uh, ghetto areas. Well, Liberty Village, you know, one one problem, I think right from the beginning, you know, Liberty B Village, which is literally, I mean, it's bounded on the north by King on the west by Dufferin Street, on the south by the Gardner, and uh, on the east by Strawn. And then, of course, you know, then you've got the CP rail tracks that are kind of pocketing you in between that whole corridor. And, uh, you know, Fort York, I guess, down in the south on the east side. So the only problem is, is all that intensification uh, in that area. I mean, it, it creates a convenience of a 15-minute walk to Lakeshore, and 20-minute streetcar ride, they say, to the financial district. And that's what they use, actually, as a reference. But it's impossible for you to get 
20 minutes streetcar to the financial core if you're going to get slambasted by streetcars that really can't move because they're... Well, they, they get stuck and you, you... Well, exactly. Sometimes you have to wait for three to four, maybe five streetcars before you can get on because it's jam-packed. So there isn't any easy commute other than that. And and I de- is there going to be any advantage to them with the GO train coming in down in the uh, Strawn Corridor? Well, they're going to take it from uh, Liberty Village to Union Station. I don't know. I know. Union Station, which also got flooded. Yeah. Right. Well, Kipling Station right now, they're still taking water out. That's right, yes. That's 48 hours later. Well, you know, they, they did, I mean, as far as a community of revitalization in Liberty Village, I mean, to stay there and stay within the village and, and, you know, use all the different businesses and so on within the village was a pretty cool concept. But I really wouldn't be considering it as a downtown Toronto kind of, um, core because it's not downtown. You, you've got a tremendous amount of aggravation to get immediately downtown. Like if you wanted to go to the Eaton Center from Liberty Village. It'll take you over an hour. You're probably better off to go to uh, Square One in Mississauga. It's uh, <laughs> or, or better yet, anyway. Sherway Gardens, right off the subway lines. Yeah, right? Queensway. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, well, you know, I think that the the whole challenge, Alan, is, is just. I think you know, there's the old saying about putting the um, cart before the horse. You know, so I don't understand why we're now looking at this whole thing. And, and I'm kind of surprised that more of the media has not picked up um, kind of the um, the reference between the two. You know, because obviously between the development going on and the flood and everything that's happened, there has to be synergies happening between okay. all of this. I, I think they'll start getting more attention toward that, well, trying to find answers. What do we do the next time it happens? We're lucky more people weren't killed or hurt. Well, no kidding. Yeah. So they have to, uh, you know, they literally have to take, take apart the entire thing and, and take a review at it. But that means it's having take different a lot departments. Of, a lot of time and a lot of money. And doing studies, you don't need to do a study when you see it doesn't work. Well, Just exactly. Fix, fix it. Don't talk about it and then do nothing. It, but it appears to me as if you, the problem is, is that departments within city structure, municipalities don't seem to be talking to one another. No, they don't. And, you know. Uh, right, right, right now, there's, they're trying to, Toronto East York Community Council is trying to pass a bylaw to restrict restaurants and bars from opening. 25% cap, if uh, your listeners like to look into that, that'd be something to look at. Stopping restaurants and stopping growth and stop creating jobs. If an area, neighborhood gets busy, they want to cap it. And that, that spreads like wildfire. So, and I believe that the East Council, is that not, uh, the people that are involved, you got Adam Vaughn, I think you've got Layton involved. Um, Adam Vaughn, uh, Michael Layton. Michael Layton, on yes. On Mountainton area, Gordon Burks on Queen and Parkdale area. It's starting to spread to Kensington Market. They, they, I don't know why they're restricting restaurants and bars from opening. Every time they build a condo, the developers advertising we have nightlife, we have restaurants, we have shopping, and uh, they're not uh, planning properly or restricting growth of a certain industry. How can you stop and pick on one industry, for example? I might be a little prejudiced because I'm in the restaurant association and I'm part of that, but that's, that's an industry they're trying to kill now. It's bad enough and hard enough 
to stay in business in the restaurant business. And people are going and going there because there's a demand for it. Well, exactly. And it's not an easy business. I mean, one of the hardest business and the failure rate is one of the highest. We don't need any more bylaws to stop our business from growing or we need people to help us increase and stay in business to create jobs. We don't need a list of conditions. And it's all dealt as one. They're not looking at individual places, for example. If there's a bar that's causing trouble in the neighborhood, they should look at that one. They shouldn't look at a coffee shop the same as that bar. Or they can't look at a family restaurant the same as that bar. Absolutely. So they're painting the... Uh, using a broad brush for a bad bylaw. Absolutely. Well, you know, we'll take a break for a moment, Al, and we'll certainly get right back to this. A lot of interesting points having to do with uh, Restaurant Row and Heritage Buildings. Uh, this is Linda Pinizzato here at the Condo Experts, powered by the Hayes FM. We'll be right back. Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. <laughs> 